The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, beyond, be oh, beyond. We did not. Did we? We didn't go in a circle. That was no, very confusing. Jared, you ruined everything. Jared, you, Please I, you ruined I, everything. I, that's what I do. Yeah. Everything's, everything's off to a horrible start. Oh, of destruction. Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode four hundred and fifty-four. Palindrome. Oh, yeah, is it really? It's palindrome. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great job. Thanks. Every uh, every ten episodes we do is a palindrome. Woo! Yeah. Every ten episodes is also a palindrome. If you go, if that's you not, not true. Backwards. All right, welcome to Podcast Beyond episode. Who cares? Uh, I'm Max Scoville. <laughs> Joining me is Alana Pierce. Hey, greets Martin. <laughs> this new voice, this new voice, really spooks me. Martin, Marty Sleva. Yeah, that was really nice though. I like it. And I like it at all. Jared Petty. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah thanks for joining I us. Love being us. here. It's been a while. Um, this is weird. Usually, I'm used to used to two loud boys shouting at each other. That yeah. one word back and forth. Um, I can imitate that. No, uh, Wait, no which is the right. two loud boys? The it's Brian little, and who? Little Goldar and uh, yeah. Goldar's a loud boy. They scream at each other when Brian gets them all riled up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like Brian's they're like two dogs up. when they're together. But the two of them are going to Germany uh, to Gamescom for a couple weeks. Yeah, so they have important boy meetings. Important boy meeting. Important boy meetings. So they can shout in. They have to talk about their Dax. Yeah, uh, before they go to That's like one of the most yeah, you got to do like a thorough yeah. DAC check before you enter yeah, the uh, Eastern Bloc. Yeah, all right. DAC. Yeah. What is what is what is a DAC? A penis. Oh, yeah. oh! I thought that was a, that's the name of the guy that sat behind Luke Skywalker. In yeah, 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 that's, uh, that was uh, that was uh, him. the inspiration for that. That was yeah. Stephen, quote unquote, DAC Ralter. Uh, mm-hmm. DAC was his nickname. Mm-hmm. Stephen Ralter. It's because they all saw him in the Echo Base locker room. That's why they called him DAC. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Couple of you didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, you're a big Star Wars fan. Anyway. um... What do we do here? I'm sorry. I'm a little bit fried because we just did a big old live stream of two hours of we did. Telltale's Batman episode yeah, one. We did. <laughs> Realm of Shadows. Uh, it was it was not as spooky as I was hoping. No, um, not that many shadows. No. Uh, I also reviewed episode one. Um, my review is up on IGN. Yeah. If you Google search IGN Batman Telltale review, you'll find it. But yeah, let's start with giving impressions of that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the few weeks where there a bunch of games have come out. Just came out or are coming out, and yeah. we've played a bunch of them. There's not like yeah. a ton of news exciting. at the moment. Yeah. There's still a lot of there's I, good games. We're so used to coming in here and just being a bunch of chuckleheads. It's kind of weird when we actually have games. Yeah, stuff we got to be adults. About. It's I exciting. Got, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about oh, the games. Yeah, I want yeah, you so love that. What'd, yes. you, what'd you give it? I gave it a 7.5, mm-hmm. uh, which is good to great. That's and just fine. Yeah. 
And I'm I'm sticking to that. Uh, the stuff that is good about it is quite good, and the stuff that's bad is infuriatingly bad, especially when I've played the episode three times now. So uh, the worst thing is the dialogue is so repetitive and expositional. They tell you like ten times that Bruce Wayne's parents are dead and that he's sad about it. They just yeah. keep reminding you that, and I don't think that's good writing. Like, I mean, I think, in the same story, it just keeps yes. coming up over and over. Totally and over and over. It's also like okay. it's common sense. It's like that. What are the top five facts about Batman? Yeah, you know, like, it'd be fine if they mentioned it once. But you know, there's this one part where he's talking to this older couple who were like. Oh, it would have been so hard for you as a boy to have your parents die when you were just a kid. Yeah. What a horrible way to go. Like, why would you say that it just, now? It just yeah. reminded me like the, really part long in, like, time ago. the part in The Wedding Singer where he's like, Hey, I heard your, uh, your, your wife left you at the altar. And he's like, yeah, my uh, mom died when I was uh, when I was six, too. You want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it's totally like, who says that? Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not natural. Straight yeah. up yeah. not natural. And it's also, like, coming off the heels of how well Spider-Man was handled in Civil War, where, yeah. like, his introduction was almost a non- God, that was so You didn't good. have to mention Uncle Ben. You, you didn't have to, like, I have a Powers origin story. It was just like, here's this kid. You probably have some prior knowledge of him. Let's just run with it. If this yeah. confuses you, talk to any other human being on the planet yeah. Earth. Batman is, like, I 75 mean, years old. Sure. Do, Only they do, knew that it wasn't confusing. Do you feel like there's something waiting out there, some kind of payoff something for waning. this? Uh, I mean, is there an there, episode? There you know, is it a setup be. or is it just? I think it's it's lazy padding. I really think that it's mm. the writers trying to be like, okay, we need to really reinforce this. There's two things that they constantly reinforce, or three. One is Alfred cares about you. Okay. Alfred really cares. He also he wants you to stop you. being Batman. He texts you and he's concerned. like, call me ASAP, and I'm like. I can't imagine Winky him saying that. Yeah. Sup, babe? Yeah. Call does, me. Uh, does uh, Black Man, or Batman use a, a BlackBerry? Or, he has or? a Windows he's, phone. Yeah, he's got yeah. a Windows phone. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. And, uh, it's just Batman. Uh, no one else. Okay. Just yeah. him. And yeah. maybe two other people. It's probably very but, secure. So, yeah, we're super negative on that, but uh, so I... I just want to talk about okay. the, th- the three things. So one is Alfred cares about you, and he doesn't want you to be Batman. The second is Bruce Wayne's parents dying, and the third is Gotham City is crap but used to be very good and they just keep reinforcing those things and, and it's, it's over and over very and over. yes see this is this, this is actually almost physically painful to hear uh, because this is a game that I, I thought might have the potential to be the best Batman game ever I like the idea right. of a storytelling detective oriented dramatic comic book inspired Batman game and I thought Telltale would really come through with this it has good it's got it's and got potential I think yeah but. episode one I think I'm uh, giving a little sway for that because I do think it's it trying to make sure that all of that ground is set for the future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it did it way too blatantly but then there's stuff about it that it does incredibly well and stuff that would be really unexpected like uh, as we discussed on our live stream 15 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, there are so many subplots mm-hmm. that yeah. you have to track. There are so many things that are going on and you have to look at every single situation like how is this going to affect Bruce Wayne the politician and the socialite and how is this going to affect Batman and I love that. It's like you are catering to two people with effectively two separate motives because what Bruce Wayne really wants to do is support Harvey Dent and I guess make the city better in the name of his family and then yeah. what Batman wants to do is is detective work he wants to solve mysteries are so, you are you more Batman or are you more Bruce Wayne because the tension the tension because the tension in that character is a big part of the book yeah. I mean yeah. The, yeah. you know the whole thing where like like he sits in the bat cave when he doesn't have to and he's still got the mask on no, because to me it's split you know. better than any Batman game ever yeah. like I mean the Arkham Definitely. games are fantastic you're they're so different Bruce. than this but you're almost never Bruce yeah. mm-hmm. um, it really yeah. only Bruce when Alfred talks to you as far as yeah. as, as Batman fiction goes I feel like pretty much every other movie has nailed the the daylight the Bruce Wayne persona mm-hmm. better oh yeah mm-hmm. I agree uh, yeah. like the fact that it's sort of established that you're involved with being a rich guy and doing rich guy stuff but like the majority of that is talking to Harvey Dent 
I just felt like maybe get a little bit more slice of life. Oh, you in there. mean you didn't like Bruce in this? No, I thought it was like really like oh. I thought it was extremely boring. Like it was just he he it, he didn't seem like he was rich and powerful. And obviously, you can make some dialogue choices, but you have this one kind of like hmm. schmoozy mixer. I don't know. I honestly, I really it. I'm like kind of like who is this for? You know, because if it's an introduction to Batman, it's a pretty boring I mean, introduction because you're also pl- you're playing both sides of the coin. I think it, you're doing entire, quick time events for action. Like if I mean, the entire it, concept it, of an introduction to Batman is exactly is pointless. It's, it's pointless. Yeah. But then, like, why are they establishing the most like rudimentary like bits about this character? So I, like, Gotham City sucks. We know this. His I parents totally, are dead. I we know totally this. I totally agree with sucks. you guys. Yeah. Uh, about this in the first half of the episode, but I think the second half of the episode more than makes yeah. up for it, and it, it gets it, a lot better. Yeah, it, it cuts a lot of the fat and the subplots, the the slow, the things that it was slowly setting up in the first hour, yeah. start to come to fruition and hit these really amazing boiling points. Yeah, and so many of them are at a place where going into episode two, I was like, sure, sure, there are six subplots, and yeah. I am super interested. And in it's where also so every one of them is interesting. Right but look at how much like redundancy and how much like if you're gonna make it's a, it's a two hour episode, mm-hmm. it's part one of five. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to spend like 10 percent of this first story arc just going over really boring stuff, like what but the hell? Episode two keeps the energy that the back half of episode one have has. I'm not going to care. I also I'm legitimately not going to wouldn't care. say I largely found it boring. Like, I don't think it's boring. I think the repetition of dialogue is very annoying, but I don't think at any point that I was bored because I was still thinking about what every single interaction meant for all of the characters involved. So I you just, more felt like it was I, I don't mean to interrupt Max, uh, you more felt like it was wasted time then? Totally than, than well no it's that it's <laughs> bad. <laughs> like I think that a lot of it is bad writing because it's just exposition. It is just telling you the same stuff. But okay. I don't think it was boring. Morgan Freeman could just be coming out of the background and narrating what's about to happen there. I mean not yeah, boring. Okay. I think more just like kind of going through the motions yeah. like what's it it's not establishing itself as something new story wise sure. it does do some really interesting things that Cold are kind point. of totally new without yeah. spoiling anything yeah. for Batman and it's like that's really exciting but uh, both visually and kind of expositionally I feel like it's just it's simultaneously trying to be like accessible but also define its own yeah. thing but there are like, it mm-hmm. does without going into spoilers it does some really interesting things by by flipping the bat like what we consider the Batman mythos on its head with how it deals with mm-hmm. uh, certain characters in the Batman universe yeah. where, mm. who are very different so yeah. a, a thing we can say about that is without any spoilers is um, there's really no indication that Harvey Dent will ever become Two-Face and that could happen. I mean, it could so easily of, happen sure. at the flip of a coin. But, yeah. but because of the way that it, it introduces other characters that we know, and they're totally mm-hmm. different, uh, I kind of think that we don't have the comfort of knowing what happens to other characters in, in yeah. the Batman See, universe. We don't know they're going to happen in the Telltale games. So guess, they got I an open hunting license. Kind of, yeah. Right. Bit, but yeah. at the same time, if you look at it, it's also like, Batman, the Telltale series, It's I kind of wish that they were... I kind of wish they took more liberties because they've already taken some pretty big liberties with this. I just wish that they like if they're going to be taking advantage of the fact that this is clearly its own thread in the multiverse. Yeah. They did something a little more drastic, whether it's like visually or aside from it just being, you know, their brand of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, visually, it's a telltale game. Okay. But visually, it's it's in an upgraded engine. Yeah. It's, and it's it has this pretty. really cool, like sort of moving comic book look. And yeah, it's very clearly a telltale game, but it's. One of the best looking Telltale games. Yeah, I agree. Can, graphically, yeah, graphically. Yeah. Can yeah. we go back to the subplots for a second? When I, do you feel like a, like a web of intrigue is being laid yes. out? Yeah, by the okay. end, definitely. Yeah. Okay, that's because that, that's that's what I've been hoping for. Totally. Is, again, that that kind of interlaced comic book thread thing that yeah. I love yeah, so absolutely. much. And yeah, absolutely. And it's you know every there are things that affect 
that may not necessarily be related to Alfred that affect Bruce and Alfred's relationship and mm-hmm. then there's things that affect Batman and Bruce's and sorry Alfred's relationship like there's lots of different moving parts that all affect each other in different ways like there are a lot of plots to manage yeah. and it's it's just I feel like it's really multi, multifaceted in that way and I think nice. that's very good but it's also that yeah you're, you're playing like three different characters which is Batman the brawler Batman the detective and then Bruce Wayne, who all have different play styles. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the fact that that does vary almost excuses my very strong complaints about the repetitivity. I'm, re- I'm really intrigued by this. As, as a fan of, of the comic for a long time, the, you know that line with Bruce Wayne and Batman that, that blurs over. And the question, it, I'm wondering if there's going to be a polarity or if they're going to do what you see in the book a lot of the time, which is one of these characters is is a facade and the other one's not but you're never quite sure which yeah uh, a lot of time you kind of get the idea that the batman is the real person yeah and that bruce is is the psych the fake one is yeah. the mask he wears to cover a psychosis yeah, but uh, I, you know that's one of my favorite things about batman has always been the psychology behind batman and part of the appeal of this or one of the cool things that you get to do is decide how brutal batman is okay you have options to completely destroy someone or you know, be really uh, passive in your approach. When and you I say completely destroy somebody, are we talking about crossing the crossing the Batman line? Uh, I don't think I don't it's crossing think so. the kill line. It is getting sure. as close as possible to crossing the. So it's gonna be like the Game can Boy they, game where he's got a gun. Just, can we really? Like, I really wish that somebody at DC would be like policing this a bit better because there's that whole thing where it's like, look at how many people Batman kills in in Batman vs Superman, or like. I don't really care about that much. Or like Arkham Knight, where you're just what? running over people with your cars. Like, well, it's okay, Alfred. The car is made of. Padded rubber. A giant taser. <laughs> no, you kill those people. Well, also, every yeah. time you can do like a slow motion knockout blow in the yeah. Arkham games, it sounds like a li- like a literal shotgun. Yeah, I just yeah. don't really care about that. I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> mind Batman killing people in we'll a mythos as it. long as as long as it fits that version of Batman in that world that you build. I'm great. Yeah. As long yeah. as it's consistent and yeah. makes sense and you under, and you appreciate why the character is doing it. I never mind. The Burton Batman killed people. He, he didn't go out of his way to do it, yeah. but he did it. I never minded that. Yeah. It, it worked for that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I still liked him because he wasn't just some like, I'm going to pound on people now until they're dead. You know, he was, uh, Michael Keaton was a great Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you can yeah. have multiple iterations. I, I do have one other question. I know, I know probably keeping us here too long, but yeah. what about, that. and you mentioned other villains, ancillary characters. Are they good? That, that's something uh, I've wondered about. Are, are you? I, I like think them. Selena Kyle, Kyle Catwoman. Yeah. She's really great. Good. Laura Bailey's yeah. killing it yeah. with that voice actor. Um, I like Harvey Dent. I think that he's also a, 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 he's distinct. And I also like Gordon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a part of my heart that is deeply hoping that, that Harvey Dent was Billy D. Williams, just because I feel like he got shafted out of the first couple oh, of Batman so movies. Cool. But I don't think that's going to happen. So. Yeah. yeah. But the, the point I was going to make just before we move on was that uh, you get to choose how brutal Batman is, which this isn't like a year one story, but for how that works, it's like you are controlling how Batman is perceived in the same time as the city is trying to figure that out. Because, you know, Ooh. Gordon is still a lieutenant. He's not Commissioner Gordon yet. So okay. it's like you are actually controlling Batman's public image as well, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Presumably. We don't actually know if that will pay off. That's yeah. interesting. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think in, in terms of first episodes of Telltale series, I put this sort of in the middle. I don't think it's as good as Tales from the Borderlands or Wolf Among Us, but I think this is better than Game of Thrones, Minecraft, yeah. it's also, season two. I'm hopeful. It's weird to talk about a game one episode in, you know? Totally. Yeah, we have to. Or, I mean, yeah. Alana, for her job, I had to review it. Yeah. Yes. I, I know. Yeah. I know that. I work here. You <laughs> yeah. don't have to say that. Yeah, are, are Bruce Wayne's parents dead? You want to go over that, too? I'm just saying, yes, it's weird, but don't it's also our job. Don't you patronize me. I am absolutely playing this. I, yeah. I, I, I um, gotta give it a shot. It's really good. So other games that got reviewed. Uh, Marty, you reviewed Abzu? I did not review Abzu. Oh, you did not no, review Abzu. I reviewed Abzu, okay. but I played through it and yeah. uh, fully support his review. Abzu is... Abba, uh, Dabba Zoo. Abba Dabba Zoo. That was nice. the initial strapline. No. Yeah. 
Oh. So this is a um, uh, scuba journey. Yeah, it's, I mean, pretty. It's more scuba flower to me. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, close. Yeah, it's huh. by uh, Matt Nava, who is one of the art directors uh, at that game company on Flower and Journey. Formed his own studio and made this. Every time someone says that game company, it takes me a second. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I know that that's one. the actual name. Yeah, that one. Never yeah. Mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and this is their first project, Abzu, which is this underwater diving, meditative. Fish simulator. It's, uh, like a, it's a two hour. It's two experience. two and a half hours. Totally sit through it in one setting. Uh, it, it it gives you the same sort of contemplative feelings as Journey and Flower do. Yeah, it, I describe it more as Flower because it's very much about nature mm-hmm. and and uh, as opposed to watching sort of the world evolve or devolve. And as you do in Flower, you're watching this underwater location um there's something like a thousand different types of marine life that yeah. are all modeled after wow. something real and they're all gorgeous they're all wow. gorgeous. And they're gorgeous in really interesting ways yeah. they're not just like oh that's a pretty graphic they are they are all wonderfully crafted mm-hmm. be like that is somebody put a lot yeah. of thought into like, that fish. They'll move animated in dis- very well yes, they well. move yeah. in distinct ways yeah. they move they in distinct like flocks and patterns yes they'll interact with you you can choose to like swim alongside them they range from these these tiny little like guppies to these giant blue whales that are like so one of the biggest things. To rephrase that question, are they a significant gameplay mechanic? They are <sighs> sort of the, the they are the thing in the game in the way yeah. that the petals and flower. Okay, yeah. were they're sort of the thing that is keeping you moving forward through these different, for lack of a better term, zones. So you get okay. pumped on fish, and you're like, yeah, yeah it's super fish. pumped. On fish. Uh, yeah. th- this game was made for me. Yeah. I, I, the, I I I tear up when I hear John Denver's Calypso, yeah. which is the stupidest song ever, and I'm just like, it's about the ocean, and it's wonderful, and Jacques Cousteau is cool, yeah. and <laughs> so th- th- this is just lovely. It's otherworldly mm-hmm. in, in a very enchanting and friendly way. That's awesome. It's 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 just absolutely beautiful. Uh, Chris Abbott used to work here at IGN. He was uh, mm. he's five hundred five's community manager yeah. now. And a, f- uh, a while ago, he said, "I think we've got something special here." Yeah, and uh, I agree with him. It, yeah. it's it's really really neat. Yeah, I think it's one of those games that can be mentioned in the same breath as Flower. And I think it's a game that, uh, especially PlayStation fans, are sort of used to getting one of these every once in a while with like Proteus yeah. and with the Unfinished mm. Swan, where you sort of want to sit down with something for a couple hours and. It's one of those things where, like, I'm so glad the medium can do Telltale Batman and this and Uncharted and yeah. Dark Souls. Like, the uh, yeah. the ending of Journey is super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it compare to that? Or like, is is it an, an emotional experience? Yes. Are you very invested in it? Yeah, yeah. it's an emotional experience. Like, okay. I don't like I don't put it up at the exact same level as Journey. Like, I yeah, Jose Journey said and, he didn't. Either. I held Journey in rarefied atmosphere yeah. in terms of video games, especially that ending. Uh, but this is definitely one of the most emotional things I've played this year. There have been a ton of amazing things from Oxenfree, The Witness, to Firewatch. Yeah. It's to been a great inside. year for that. Yeah. Oh, Wonderful. Kentucky awesome Route man. Zero Act 4. Yeah, jeez. Well, the thing that we can move on to talking about now is uh, Inside. Yeah. So trophies for that uh, kind of got pushed online, which means it's probably going to come to PS4 pretty soon. Yeah. So Inside, that's which is super surprising. August yeah, it's super surprising because Inside was that game. Yeah, right. How did that happen? Uh, it was a game that was so heavily partnered with Microsoft that was played at second game who did Limbo. Uh, it was revealed at the Microsoft conference three years ago, re-revealed at E3, and then came out three weeks later. Um, and I would have bet money this wouldn't have been on a PS4 for a year. A year, mm-hmm. totally. And yeah. then all of a sudden the trophies came out, which is a telltale sign. Hmm. Telltale presents August trophies. <laughs> um, and then Eurogamer has trusted sources that say it's uh, coming out in August, mm-hmm. uh, which is super exciting to anyone who has a PS4 who hasn't had a chance to play this. Yeah. Do you think that is something we can chalk up to the fact that this generation's hardware is more similar than last generation's was? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Honestly, I think especially some for- of it, but also just the, the massive, massive massively larger scale that, that the PS4 has a market share at this point. Just There's so much incentive to get Sure, sure. I also feel it's, like it's just a change in Microsoft's strategy. They're 
not actually going for exclusives anymore because you know everything is also on Windows. Mm-hmm. So it's also just a change in their decisions there. But uh, I finished Inside last night. I watched the secret ending on YouTube a couple of hours ago. Uh, it is a very, very, very good game. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I didn't have to review it because it, it, it's really hard to find anything negative to say about it. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, again mentioning in the same breath as the couple, the last couple of games. It's a two, three hour thing. Yeah, I that feel sounds like it awesome. Took me more like three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of on the long end. Yeah, like I somehow it was just one of those games where the puzzles I got didn't sometimes. stump me, and yeah. I like I don't. I also didn't find a ton of the secret stuff the first time through. See, I did yeah. make sure to explore all. the I feel like you took a little bit more time with yeah, it. Than I I did. Did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's something that it's it's one of those games everyone should play, and it's like I don't even want to tell anyone what it's about no. because I didn't know yeah. when I first fired it up, and then within 15 minutes I was like oh that's what inside me yeah, yeah it's wow. like Limbo but everything's sort of ratcheted up to the next level and the sound uh, is beautiful ooh. yeah sound is beautiful it is one of the most gorgeous 2D games I've ever seen yeah I mean yeah Limbo is one of those games that like I, I fell in love with that game so hard and it's oh, like yeah. I I like it more than Limbo that's cool yeah. Yeah. I mean like I love that also it's just I, I know this is gonna be one of those games that kind of is the opposite of a game like Telltale's Batman, yeah. where it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I know yeah. nothing going in. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if these kids, these kids' parents are dead or what. I don't, yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna find that out. I'll yeah. play the yeah. game. I mean, we were. Yeah, it's one of those games where the second you finish it, like the second I finished it, I was texting Andrew like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, the same thing last night. It's, like, yeah, uh, I immediately wanted to be able to talk about it, and it's just, it's yeah. it's constantly intriguing and very confusing, and also ends up being kind of disgusting but all of those are positive attributes yeah without spoiling anything I mean we have a page on, on IGN that's just a collection of theories people have about that's really what cool. the yeah. game means and it, cool. and they're as diverse as you can imagine which is yeah. one of the things I really like about the it's game it's also like not the kind of thing that I think is uh, hard to understand in a way that would be off-putting to really casual players. No, I think no, that no, no, no. it's still like blatant enough that you could figure out a theory yourself, but it's also yeah. that that doesn't it doesn't matter what yeah. it means that much. More of an interpretation than a theory. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. a fun thing I mean, to try yeah. and interpret. So another game that is that came out recently on, on PS4 that's sort of like that in terms of like you having to settle like what the world is is Hyperlight Drifter, which yeah. you've been playing, right? Uh, a little bit. I haven't, I haven't really touched more since yeah. last week. I um, remembered that I I have a vineyard in The Witcher, so I've been. Oh yeah, I saw a that. Vineyard yeah. Hyperlight owner. Vineyard. Yeah. 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 Hyperlight Witcher. <laughs> so uh, is the vineyard in the Blood and Wine? Is yeah. That, yeah. I also it's, like it's titular hero wine. It's a really cool uh, vineyard. If you're if you're playing a witch, I mean, I love that earlier. You're like so uh, indie games, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> Witcher. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like honestly, like I, because I haven't apparently spent enough time playing Witcher, I I just figured I'd, I'd continue doing that. So I got the. Um, the Blood and Wine expansion, mm-hmm. which has been out for mm-hmm. a little while, and it's so good. It's so Since good. It's, May? It's, yeah, it's yeah, been it's a month or two. But it's like, I just, I don't know, like, I love that game so much, and it's like... It's, I, I honestly think it's one of the best games I've made. Yeah, easy. Uh, it's also, like, really weird to think that, like, The Witcher was a series I didn't really care about, and The Witcher 3 was, like, good enough that I was like, all right, hold on, I'm going to go back that. and... Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the book, I'm going to go back and check out 2 again... Fell did head you, over heels into did three. Did you finish two? Oh. Uh, I love the I never two. finished two. I was playing on a 360, which is really a hard thing to get yeah. I mean, I did two. Okay. I, I well, I was, you, you win. Well, that's why you got that thing on your hands. So. Are you a big Witcher, <laughs> yeah. a big Witcher 2 fan? Hello? Yeah. Oh, I, and I played the first one, but I didn't finish it because I thought it was real dumb. No, which, yeah. Witcher 2 was, I, I played that through, I, gosh, I can't imagine how much time I spent on Witcher 2. I love that game. Yeah, the, the ending of Witcher 2, the bravery to let you do some of the things you can do at the end of Witcher 2, it's it's. Anyway. Maybe my favorite ending for a game. So ever. point it's being, so point being, I didn't care about The Witcher going in, and then I saw three in action, and I was like, "This looks stunning," and I fell in love with it. And I the think, fact yeah, that these are the guys who are making Cyberpunk, which is based yeah. on something that I do, do really care about. Yeah. yeah, like I've read all of William Gibson's books 
maybe one and a half times each, twice yeah. on average. I'm like, so intrigued by how that game's just going to unfold. Like, if it's going to have the same sense of scale and freedom yeah. that Witcher does, but mm-hmm. in a cyberpunk city, country, state, yeah. world, like that seems that that's a kind of thing that we don't have any of. Like, we do have open fantasy games with Witcher yeah. and with mm-hmm. Skyrim and sort of. The and I mean, Souls. also the odds were so hard against the guys making the CD project. That, I like, love that so much. Yeah. Like, if people you look were at like, the, they can't make this, and I mean, then they yeah. made yeah. it, and it's so good. Yeah, they posted a picture. I think it was from like E3 2008 when they had their first booth, and it was for Witcher One, and mm-hmm. it was like this awful little like back corner with like a folding table yeah. and like a chair and they're like yeah. hey here's this game we made on a popular Polish fantasy series that's running on like the KOTOR engine yeah. and then they're like oh hey here's Witcher 2 it's kind of insane we built the engine from the ground up and then they're like oh hey here's Witcher 3 uh, it's open world now and everyone's like, "This game's going to be broken. It's going to be a flaming pile of garbage when it comes out." If, yeah. if like, if a company like Bethesda, which has like, you know, just decades of experience, has trouble shipping a big ass open world That's RPGs, part of the charm. and then yeah, sure, sure, yeah, I get it. You the, love, I you think love my biggest like, and then Witcher comes out. And it's like the, it just they're like, "Hey guys, um, here's a bunch of free DLC. Uh, sorry, there's frame rate issues. We'll have a patch up in a week." Like, yeah, what? <laughs> my biggest fear was that uh, the stuff. Where it's like, hey, if you do this in one town, it will affect all of the other towns. Wouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. Uh, and it was my game of the year last year. It was before I was at IGN, but I had to toss up between Fallout 4, and I adore Fallout, uh, and The Witcher. And it was like, The Witcher does everything that Fallout does slightly better. Yeah. Has everything. anybody ever made the outdoors more beautiful in a game? There's, the other. Yeah. I, I, there's I'm not in that, that scale. Yeah. There's like, Not in that scale. Like, people have made the outdoors in a tiny confined right. space that you can't, like yeah. the vanishing of Ethan Carter where you can't really go off the path. Exactly. But yeah. never with the sense so, of freedom. Yeah. So that said, like the fact that Blood and Wine is a $20 expansion that is uh, an entire new massive map mm-hmm. in basically a new environment. It's all like very Mediterranean, kind of looks like there's vineyards everywhere and it's all sunny. And they also are like, Hey man, Wild Hunt, all that like dark, really epic, like world shattering stuff. Eh, screw it. This is kind of like smaller scale like, yeah. fairy yeah. tale stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, Which is so cool. It's whimsical and it's almost like it's almost like it knows that you finished The Witcher Three and you're like you probably want something a little more lighthearted. And it's like it's still like dark and weird, but it's also just like it's way more playful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, also crazy that in uh, you know. 2015, which was sort of like the year of the open world game, with this and Phantom Pain and Fallout and Arkham Knight and AC Syndicate, like and that's how I got tendonitis. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that why this, I have a wrist brace. That this Polish studio, who's independent, unlike the rest of these studios, was able to create a game that uh, broke your body. It, yes, it literally <laughs> yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's a really good time to mention this Nvidia thing that I got to try out two weeks ago. Um, just forgotten the name of the software. We did a conversation on it. We did, and I've just forgotten just the name of the actual of thing. But Go. basically, it's an in-game camera uh, that kind of works like a drone. And it lets you fly around an environment, including The Witcher. Uh, basically, different devs can opt in and take photos of things. And it'll take like a 360 photo. And then you can put on a VR headset and step into that world afterwards or share your photos with people so they can do that as well. And one of the things that I got to step into was The Witcher 3. So oh, wow. like, it's like VR camera mode, basically? Yeah. Is there so how do you how do you activate it? Is it like an actual drone or is it like is there like a visual representation or is it just no, kind of like you it's just, just move a the, camera that you move around? Okay, okay. So okay. you know it's that has existed in tons of. I think the first game that sure. I played that had that was like Project Gotham Racing. Okay. It's like something that has existed before, but it takes three sixty photos, which I think is pretty new. So for it's basically games. like you're you're placing a three D camera pretty much, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. then your yeah. head is controlled. That yeah. sounds so cool. I mean, honestly, I remember people typically when they're like, "Oh, I want VR support for this game." 
they I think generally are like I want to play this whole game in VR and it's like about no you don't ninety seven percent of the time that's an awful idea yeah. <laughs> there's a handful of games where that makes sense but for the most part like I mean I love the idea of being able to be like uh, I like uh, I want to see what downtown Los Santos looks like totally. in VR you know yeah. that and it would one be a matter specific of, thing yeah. yeah and the idea is that you would just like be taking photos kind of like in Firewatch that you just take a camera around with you and you get to take a photo of a certain thing and then look at it later in VR and one of the things that I got was in the middle of a kind of town square I was standing next to Geralt and I just looked around and was amazed by the scale of The Witcher 3. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's always there, and you can see, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, kind of small compared to these buildings, yeah. but when you see it in VR, and, and you yeah. are the size of Geralt, it's like, whoa, this, yeah. is, this game is huge Neat. and beautiful. That yeah. was called Ansel. That's something that, Ansel, that's it. Ansel, yeah. Ansel Adams, yeah. Yeah, that's something that um, I, I feel like isn't properly conveyed about VR, is that when you see stuff in it, it the scale is the really impressive part. Absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. Vive uh, uh, Valve VR demos, uh, especially oh. the one where uh, Gladys comes in, or when the one of the two, uh, what are their names, the co-op buddies uh, from Portal Atlas 2. Atlas and Peabody. Yeah, when Atlas comes in, like, Dingus their and size. Bungus. Yeah, Dongus and Pingus. Uh, when they first come in, it's like their size is like, you're Super taken back. You're like, yeah. holy crap. Like, yeah. yeah, you're the same size as you were in the game that was on my TV, but like, this is, you're invading my personal space. Absolutely. It, which it, makes it a huge also, difference. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm becoming convinced that maybe the first truly great VR game, after playing that Valve demo, there's a, a, um, there's a third-person game in there. We're using the controller to move a spaceship around and a bullet hell shooter in 3D. That has convinced me that maybe the first great VR game is not going to be first-person. I wonder if that sense of depth and scale that I mean, you I get gave, from third-person control, yeah, that I somebody's guess, going to find a clever way to use that and create something we have never, that could not have been made. I mean, I think that game is really good. That's yeah. in the lab. Oh, that's my that's um, my favorite game I played in VR It's really so good. And it's I, I spent tons of time playing that. Yeah. It's really cool. So basically that game is like you're in a very, very confined space virtually, and you have the Vive controller, which then acts as a ship, and you have to sort of move it around to dodge things. So mm-hmm. you're like moving up and down, dodging all of these things that come at you, kind of like a ge- Geometry Wars, or more recently, um, what is it, Devil Dagger? Devil's Dagger? Dagger's Daggers. That, that game, Devil Daggers, I think it is. Uh, it's just tons of stuff coming at you and you avoiding it. And it's, hmm. it's, that's really, really fun. It's a 3D bullet hell shooter, and that made me think that sense of scale when I was surrounded by hundreds of things and there was that depth of space and you were talking about the big buildings, I am wondering if somebody's going to find a way to use that and harness that to do well, something you couldn't do in 2D space. And when that happens, yeah. we're going to have our first kind of Super Mario Brothers of VR. Mario. I mean, I think it, based on scale. I don't typically like uh, real-time strategy, but I feel like that could work really, really well oh. in VR if you just basically have this incredible like God view. Yeah, and you're, that's a thing. It, yeah. Like it's it's less a matter of like of c- clicking on stuff and moving the keyboard around and, and scrolling around, and more being like you there, you there, you there. That is like, already, that that has already first a thing. Experience with yeah, yeah. Uh, Defense Grid Two is is oh, really? like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I played it for. I, th- well, I think it was the appointment was half an hour or something. I believe it was supposed to be 20 I minutes. I ended up playing it for over an hour, an yeah. hour. Unintentionally. I did not think that it had been like that long. That's but basically, great. it's like you are the god. You move people around, but you can also, you know, you lean forward and it moves the battlefield closer to you. You mm. can like get a closer view of what towers you're putting up. And that was really, really You can cool. pop and do first person views of any tower or unit on the map. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. And, yeah, it really was, cool. it was it great. It gives like a tangible feeling like this is a tabletop game. I remember um, playing, I think it was Dawn, I think it was Dawn of War, the, the Warhammer 40k one. Like somebody like threw me a like a demo disc for that like ages ago I think and I was really just blown away at the fact that like I think the the last like 
real-time strategy game I'd played before that was like Warcraft 2 or something. And I was, it blew my mind that you could like zoom in and get right into the battle and you're seeing these like space marines yeah. like F each other up. And I was like, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the note of scale in VR, the highest review score that I've given this year was to Kronos, which I gave an 8. That's mm-hmm. an entirely VR game with fixed cameras. And the scale in that game is incredible. So all the cameras are fixed like Resident Evil. And you could still like fight demons and they'll be just right in front of you and it feels like you are sitting in the Colosseum watching gladiators fight right in front of you because they are just there looming over you and you can't do anything but watch the fight yeah. it's also the environments are obviously designed to give you a sense of scale so if you look up you're like oh wow this these trees are enormous and yeah. that yeah. is just beautiful I spent almost as much time actually doing things in that game as I did just it's looking ugly. at things yeah, yeah. it's fixed in a way where it's like how a camera on a tripod is fixed in the corner of a room so yeah. you could still sort of control what you're looking at with your neck but you just yeah. can't move I'm yeah. really excited for VR support on, in Tekken that's like because so you're, you're cool. going to be you're yeah. going to be playing as the audience yeah yeah. oh wow that's exactly that's... what uh, Kronos feels like yeah. is, is like you are playing as an audience member and like you in the play almost uh, yeah and it makes it intimidating that yeah. sounds groovy it's yeah, really, really good does. Kronos is, uh, is amazing that game is like yeah. Zelda meets Dark Souls light in mm-hmm. VR it's very good great highly cool. recommended mm-hmm. um, alright so No Man's Sky uh, <laughs> Somebody paid $1,300 for a copy of it. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On, uh, and then the he... copy went up on eBay. <sighs> Why? How one copy? I don't know. How did one copy go up? And it, it, there was a date on it uh, from what I've read that was probably a late June build of some kind, uh, if, I, if I've got my facts straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've yeah, been covering so. this a lot. This is such a weird-ass story. Like, the dude, like, posted a bunch of videos that pretty much spoiled it. Uh, and mean, then Sean Murray was like, hey, man... And then he was like, oh, never mind. And he, like, took it down. Like, just – it's just a weird story. Yeah, he gave a lot of impressions. And and to be fair, he did try to hide some of the spoilery stuff behind a couple of layers of Redditing. I think, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, here yeah. it all is. But it's out there. And now it's out. And unless somebody's fooled around, we if you want to know things like what's at the center of the galaxy, you can find out now or at least piece it together. It's and so disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, I – I'm not as hurt by spoilers as, as as some folks are. I'm not as sensitive to them as, as some people are. But I understand people's frustration when they are spoiled. I, I sympathize with it. And I'm very worried about what this means business-wise yeah. uh, for the developers here. I, I wonder how many hundreds of thousands of copies in sales they might have lost based on this information getting out the way it did at the time it did. And that makes me feel I, sad. I feel yeah. like you're uh, overestimating how many people – Look at this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, Am I? like okay. we. I mean, we have to look at it because you, especially because you're you're helming the guide for yeah. this, which mm-hmm. seems monumentally <laughs> impossible. Um, yeah. But I have a bunch of buddies back home who don't follow games a ton, but they are stoked for No Man's Sky, and they don't know any of this is happening. Like, yeah, this, this one dude's impressions. So yeah, it's, it totally sucks. I mean, I'm it, not going to read any of it. Yeah, I, I may it. be too inside baseball. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, yeah, that's, one of like the big things that people are freaking hopefully. out is evidently he was able to make it to the center of the galaxy in like 30, 35 hours. Because when it was he supposed mainlined. to take forever, right? Yeah, but that's nothing takes forever. Oh, well, well, and there are several possibilities. He figured out a way to mainline it. He wasn't, well, he, although he did full around a little bit he said he figured out a way to mainline it but we're not entirely sure this is a gold copy and yeah. if some of this stuff was still in there so that people could have rapid debug exploits you know yeah. it effectively revolved around finding a kind of item that he could get resources he, to, yeah. he farmed he was able to yeah. farm an item right. that constantly yeah. upgraded his warp drive so he was constantly 
moving progressing awesome. towards the center. That's of this. really cool. So if if they change one value that yeah. they may have intended to change before it goes gold anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just back so that it's no longer easily you know debuggable, then this problem goes away. But also yeah. as a PSA, don't think that this game is the second coming of Christ. Like mm-hmm. this is remember Spore. Yeah, remember Spore. Yeah. Also remember any video game ever. Like this is going to be if this game gives you thirty five hours of happiness and you get to something in the center of the galaxy, whether you like it or not, it did its job. The last time that we spoke about No Man's Sky, people got really angry. So mm-hmm. how dare yeah. you? It is definitely that's the fine. second coming. That's, that's what we fine. do here. That's Just fine. guard your expectations always people for everything. Mad, people got mad at me because I made a joke about Sonic's and the sex <laughs> cat. And, yeah. and to be fair, yeah, he actually, the, the guy the guy that found this has very favorable perspectives yeah. on, on No Man's Sky. It's it not also like seems he's like, like he's, he's been uh, really good about it. The fact that he took stuff down and, and tried to avoid spoilers, that's the yeah. ideal person to get a leaked copy. He, he seems to have liked it a lot. Yeah. He, he, he was just saying, hey, the, the, he was more upset about some bugs he found than anything, which mm-hmm. again makes me well, wonder just about just shoot him with the lasers. Prequel. That's what the point of the game. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think one of the yeah. worst things about this is that part of the appeal for me was everyone racing to get to the center of the universe and the community discovering what that meant together. And now that's ruined. No, it takes mm-hmm. like 35 minutes. Like, no matter how. <laughs> it takes only 30 minutes. You just have to upgrade your warp drive. Was yeah. it, like, somebody... Somebody, like... I forget. I, there's always one of those stories about somebody who just, like, just they just they pick, the, pick a part to the center of the thing, you know, and everyone's like... I mean, that's... How'd you beat that, that so was fast? like yeah. uh, Dark Souls 3 came out in Japan a week or two before it came out here. Right, yeah, I remember and that. And by the time it came out here, by the time we even had copies in the office, like, every, all, every boss video was online. Everyone mm-hmm. knew the cool thing about the boss of the game. Like, yeah, it's shocking how quickly people do that. Yeah, and it's because they're the kind of people who are going to mainline to the end of a game are the kind of people who are going to do it in three sittings. I remember when... Uh, yeah. People beat PT, and I. Mm-hmm. Someone made an official statement. Might have been Kojima being like, "Wow, we did not expect you to get that that quickly." Yeah, yeah. I, I remember because it doesn't make sense. PT was uh, revealed at Gamescom. I was at the Sony showcase that night. It was revealed. I was like, "Well, that's a weird thing," because no one knew what it was. I went to bed, and then I woke up in the morning to a thousand-person email thread because everyone back here, like John Ryan, had already yep. solved it and been like, "Oh, this is Silent Hills. Here's the trailer." I mean, and I'm like, "Solved it in a was day? Seven hours ago." <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. you go back to like it's uh, really hot. Yeah. Like the Phantom yeah. Pain that was announced not as a Metal Gear game, not as a Konami. Yeah. game but as this mysterious Moby brand Dick. new yeah. game yeah and then there was this oh somebody like in in like 20 minutes somebody was like hey uh it actually secretly says metal gear solid 5 at the top of this logo you yeah know? yeah and i bet you that kojima was in meetings and he was like all right we got to bury this we got to keep this weird we got to have this crazy secret here yeah and people were probably like oh, i mean you don't have to be too secret people might not be able to find out about it you know they might it might be like a especially from a marketing standpoint it's like if you're announcing a new game but you're not being obvious enough like you announce a game that no one cares about I feel like PT was his follow-up to that. Be like, okay, you see how fast they figured this out? Yeah. Just put it out there. Yeah, you know? it really didn't take well, long. Well, since there's no point anyway, I guess we can tell people that it's uh, The Last Guardian is at the center of the galaxy. Incredible. That's what happens. So people weren't supposed to find it until October. Yeah, it's that's what it's dog? Yeah, um, you get there. It's a or, so, is, or that or Samantha Moulter. I've heard uh-huh. two theories. But how you, do you know what's at the center of the universe? I do. Yeah. Uh, well, without I know, spoiling it, can you tell us if you think it's cool? I think uh, that if I say a word about yep. this, it would be people bad. People get mad. Don't yeah. do okay. it. I'm, okay. I'm going to avoid it. It's a big old, it's a big old pickle bungus right down um, down in there. Big, and, and I don't want to pretend. I, I think I've pieced it together, but I don't want to say it. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, to uh, backtrack and then make an excellent segue. Speaking of things that That's people have, work. Uh, have <laughs> solved incredibly quickly, um, Marty and I both played the ukulele toy box. Oh, yeah. And... Apparently, you can finish that, mm-hmm. and people have been doing it in eight minutes. Yeah. I didn't um, even know you could finish yeah, it. Yeah, the speedrun community is insane. What, uh, is, what is the toy box, exactly? It's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, you spawn as ukulele, and you just have this giant, obviously unfinished play area that has 
some collectibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some introductions of different mechanics. It basically seems like it's a thing that's like, hey, this is how the gameplay feels in this game. Okay. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the environments or a lot of the... I guess just the way things look are just still just blocks. Yeah. Nothing is fleshed out. And this was Platonic. Uh, they gave it to Kickstarter backers as sort of a, hey, so the game got delayed. It's Q1 17, uh, 2017. But in the meantime, we wanted to give you this. You can literally look like finished models. Uh, the, the environment is like all things. sort of like floating green platforms and, and yeah. blue slides. That's uh, really cool that they did that. Yeah, yeah but you have great. your moveset. Yeah. So we're playing around with the moveset, and it feels so much like Banjo. You're doing yeah. these high jumps. You're doing the little flutters to where you can glide to a place. Uh, if you hold down R, you can uh, roll, roll on the bat and just like move super quickly. Which would be like the equivalent of uh, Kazooie yeah, running. Yeah, pulling your legs out. Yeah. So for those quick. who don't know, we have spoken about it a bunch on Beyond. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can... Don't know why I started with you can. This is made by the same people who made Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. The exact same team of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Andrew and I did a Let's Play that's now up on the Beyond YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, youtube.com. And it's super cool. And it, 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 it proved to us I'm like oh okay so we were super excited from everything yeah. we've seen because Banjo is one of our favorite games of all time and now it's like okay this is immediately right up there with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Persona is some of the things I'm most excited Honestly, about Honestly same it feels exactly like I wanted it to feel and I was so happy playing it because the sound yeah it yeah. sounds just like a Banjo can you do some impre- impressions of it for us I don't remember what it sounds like now. Well, <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds just like Banjo Kazooie. So the hook. All right, great the job, hook? guys. So classy. That Good that. job, uh, Jared. You wrote a thing in here. <laughs> it says, "Marty, can I rant about Sharon for a minute, Jared?" And then the first bullet point is yes for literally one minute, and then the second bullet is that's enough, which is really confusing to see on a document. I don't know. Uh, right, so Jared. Uh, we have one minute. Tell us what you have to say about Sharon. Uh, Sharon the Wonder, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate now available on PlayStation Vita. Sharon the Wonder games are wonderful, and everyone should play them, except people who are frustrated by dying a lot. But if you're not intimidated by dying a lot, go play these games because they are the most accessible and wonderful, colorful, beautiful roguelikes you can play. Classic-style roguelike, all kinds of item interaction and monsterful. It, it, it's it's part puzzly, but it's not frustrating beat your head against the wall puzzly. It's more like, ooh, room full of enemies. How do I defeat them all? Going to be different every time. Procedurally generated levels that are done right. Jillions of secrets. Hundreds of hours of content. You can learn to play from the first few minutes. You understand what you're supposed to do. You eventually have to make one perfect run to get to the end of the game. These games are superb, and Tower of Fortune and Dice of Fate looks like it may very well be the best in the series. It is the best reason to own a Vita I've seen this year. Rated E for everyone. Right. Your parents <laughs> help you put it together. You still have 10 seconds left. Wait, are they first? Is it first person? Uh, no, it's a, it's a third person top down uh, dungeon crawler. PlayStation. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was uh, one other thing that you wanted to mention very briefly. Oh, yeah. And then MX5000 is out, which is really, really weird that that came that? out on PlayStation <laughs> Network because like, MX5000, which is also called Flak Attack, is this really obscure Konami this isn't in the, the doc, you didn't vertical <laughs> shooter. <laughs> Actually, I put it in rapid fire, too. Um, it's, uh, you can't, you don't. I infiltrated your doc. Yeah. You're, uh, you're invited to it. You're allowed to do that. No, you're encouraged I, tell, to add to it. Tell us about it, please. Yeah. It sounds very 5000 available now on PSN. It's really weird. This is a ridiculously obscure uh, vertical shooter from Konami. It is not particularly notable, except that it's very pretty for a 1987 game. But they made prettier ones. It is 
very, very re- re- been available anywhere except in the weird Xbox Live Arcade like subservice at one point that never really went anywhere. It has been very difficult to play this game for a long time. It's a neat piece of history. Konami has a legacy of why wonderful they shooters. Why it now? The, yeah, why are they releasing it in 2000? Because Hamster did it, and Hamster does weird stuff with old really properties. Strange. And God bless them. I love them because they do some great stuff sometimes. It's just a little slice of history you haven't had a lot of access to. And especially does a cool thing with bosses uh, where you're you know, scrolling up, and then when you get to the boss, you go down. Like, your plane gets smaller and goes down into the level, and you look, like, tiny next to that's it. That's pretty cool. And then, oh, that's really cool. And it changes the way you control from being a a scrolling vertical shooter suddenly it's like a time piloty move around single screen game when you're fighting the huh. boss and it's a cool mechanic and is it the best shooter ever absolutely not uh, but if you like curios this is a really cool all right okay so I feel you like mentioned I, something i actually i totally forgot to bring up because we haven't talked about it it's kind of a significant thing uh they hacked the vita yeah like should we talk about that? I feel like it's worth yeah, talking about. I feel like it's worth talking about. I don't think it's going to change anything. But I mean, I yeah, mean, you can talk, I mean so uh, yeah, I mean, like the way the PSP got hacked and was able to put a ton of homebrew, well, and I eventually used my PSP as an emulation machine. Right. I think it's really I it's interesting because the PSP got hacked after not that long. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people, that was kind Three, of a part, years. probably a part yeah. of its popularity. Mm-hmm. Honestly, was that it was something you could you could throw uh, you know emulation and pirated games and porn on there. You know. Yeah. Uh, the big three. You didn't even need to hack it to put porn on there. You could just put them on the memory stick. The big two. Uh, the Vita's been out for a minute. It's it's kind of sort of mostly considered dead. I mean, Sony doesn't really... Like, if you go to the... Um, no mention at E3, I don't think at yeah, all. Yeah, no, exactly. If you go to the, uh, if the, the Vita homebrew subreddit, I think the top post there is that... Um, that that comic, that meme with the dog that's in the flaming room, and it's like, meanwhile, it's Sony HQ. <laughs> and instead of saying... This is fine. It's just, what's a Vita? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, what's interesting is that, I mean, I grew up playing emulators and ROMs and stuff and you know, doing my fair share of bad computer boy piracy stuff. But uh, the guy who did this was pretty much like, uh, I'm not trying to encourage piracy. Like, I don't want to make this so that you can play, you know, ripped games or ISO stuff. But basically, it just, uh, I guess it just whitelists like homebrew stuff so mm-hmm. you can put emulators and Quake and Doom on there. And, yeah, that's pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, and it's you can put it on uh, the PSTV, which is good because there are certain games that you can own that you can't play on PSTV for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this whitelists them. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, it's as of right now that doesn't seem like there's a fear of like the entire Vita library becoming pirated. Like I don't think you're gonna be able to download no. Freedom Wars or P4 uh, Golden. It's yeah. actually really fascinating. The way you would hack a, a PSP back in the day was like you'd have to get a hand one of a handful of games. I think one of them was like was uh, Liberty City Stories, and then you had to like download something or other some weird file and you put it on your memory stick and then click on it but it was all like it was all through the hardware like you had to fiddle around on it yourself in this case you're basically just going to a website on the browser and then it like sets up an FTP for you it's very mm. strange. which is yeah. the most strange sort of workaround but um yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing. I- illegal emulation, I mean, I'm not a fan of people stealing stuff you can buy, yeah. but illegal emulation does serve some useful purposes. Especially and, if it's stuff uh, you've already bought and you uh, want to yeah. play it on Vita. Stuff you've already yeah. bought. I mean, Historical I, preservation. <laughs> there are some games that would not be playable, that are not playable legally. Yeah, or games that wouldn't uh, be able to yeah, ever yeah, play in English. Yeah. Exactly. I have, a, I have a legal copy of Secret of Evermore for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System developed by Squaresoft USA. Uh, Super Nintendo exclusive made by the American wing of Square, uh, that game is never going to get re-released properly. Yeah. Like, that game is going to maybe show up on PC in the distant future. Maybe. Well, very expensive. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, um, so now I, it gives you a chance. But yeah, I have the, I have the yeah. physical cartridge. I, have a, I bought a Super Nintendo just to play it. Yeah. Uh, and 
the cartridge is broken and one of the layers in that game does not work, which is heartbreaking oh, because that's like my favorite game ever. Yeah. Legally, I can totally play ROMs of it. There you go. Yeah. But if I want to avoid my warranty of a system that doesn't have ongoing support, maybe I'm going to do that. <laughs> also, yeah. if anyone tries to arrest you, you have a time-traveling dog companion that you can use to yeah. Damn right. That dog turns into a post or a toaster and shoots laser. I almost said a poster. I would like to make a point about that, that like even if you do decide to hack your Vita, if, if you are able to buy games, please still buy them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's a way of supporting developers continuously, especially ones who are supporting the Vita, which not a lot really are. So, you know... Please buy games. I love my Vita dearly. I still buy a lot of my games. Also, you know what really sucks is you totally cannot buy uh, the original Metal Gear Solid on Vita anymore. Yeah, it's real silly. That was a thing for a second, and now it's not. That's weird. Uh, But they just put portable ops on there, so I don't know what's what's up there. I don't know who who flips the switches over there. I did not know that. Yeah. Strange. Uh, On the subject of retro gaming and... uh, Portable games and so forth. Uh, my pal Brian Provinciano, uh, who made Retro City Rampage, offered to uh, let us give away a boxed PS4 copy of Retro City Rampage, which is an odd game because I'm actually in it. Uh, Wait, you're what? in Retro City Rampage? Yeah, you can go to the hair sal- or the plastic surgery center and get yourself to look like me. Really? Yeah. Uh, bunch of old destructoid people are in there. That's I think, so I think cool. Greg Miller's in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of odd people. I mean, Brian's just like a. a He's a, a dude who likes to put homages to things he appreciates in there. So I think like, really the cool. Epic Mealtime guys are in there. It's a fun little game. I think it started out as a um, 8-bit remake of GTA 3, and then it turned into its own sort of beast. So, yeah, Grand Theft Tendo was the original yeah. thing. Hmm. Was I, I really like And then he Rick simultaneously got sued by, <laughs> by Nintendo and Rockstar. Yeah. Um, Those are two people. No, it didn't happen. Get sued by. Uh, so um, we're going to do a giveaway of that one happened. on yeah. the YouTube channel, uh, yeah. on YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond. Uh, pretty much every episode, I will leave a comment that's like, hey, guys, leave your rapid fire questions below. Uh, so if you want to win this copy of Retro City Rampage, leave a rapid fire question and also the place where we can contact you if you want to win, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or something, somewhere that we can actually yeah. direct message or you we to get could, your address. I think you can't you message through YouTube or have they changed that? Oh, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Big the internet the is just a big, it's like a big sieve full of moths. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could sign it if that's the thing people yeah. want. So this, this this episode, whatever one it is, go over to the YouTube and go subscribe also. Because yeah. we want that. We, we want Let's that. Plays and stuff. YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond. Um, Marty and I have a Bound Let's Play. Yeah. Andrew and I have a Ukulele Let's Play. The three bars. Bound is like, I need to play that game, but yes. that game really, like, the it's name gorgeous. The name makes me simultaneously think of the Wachowski movie mm-hmm. that's all about, like, S&M stuff. Yeah, and that was their proof of concept for the matrix where like wb was like hey we like your script for the matrix but we don't know who you are and we can't trust you with a hundred million dollars and they're like all right give us like a week and they wrote this screenplay and they're like all right give us like 75 grand and they made this movie and they're like oh you got you you do know how to make movies all right here's the money for the matrix it's got that one lady in it what's her name uh she's like the she's the ex-wife in liar liar just real, oh, something just with got an that L. scary voice. With an L. But it's real, it's kind of sexy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway, it makes me think of that. <laughs> but then also that Kim and Kanye video where they're riding that motorcycle yeah. and it's all really bad green screen. And, yeah. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. Another it's weird. So yeah, the fact that that's a that's a, a game about ballerinas just kind of adds to the fact that the word bound. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that game's really cool. Yeah. Um, game. yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. I'm reviewing it right now. I can talk about it more in like a week or two. But, cool. Um, I think that game's really cool. Well, anyway, now it's the time of the show uh, for the Brian Altano Memorial Rapid Fire. Uh, we missed you, Brian. We wish you were here. But you're not. You're in a meeting. Um, <laughs> Daniel Stravato says, how do you guys play so many video games and not feel burnt out or bored? Sometimes we do. I feel burnt out and bored all the time. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I actually don't. 
have mm-hmm. a, and I don't, I don't get bored of playing games, uh, but I feel like this year has been a really refreshing year anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. There have been a lot of, uh, this year's been rife with games that you can sit down with for two, three hours, yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. which we've talked about. Also games like Witcher DLC and, and Dark Souls and Ratchet that you yeah. can sit down yeah. with for so a hell of a So sometimes like, I'll get allocated to cover something that I don't really care about. Uh, like I was really annoyed with having to review um, Lego Avengers halfway through. Like I didn't think that that was particularly good, and it's like I don't want to keep playing this, but I have to. But then, like the next week, I played Firewatch. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, nope, it's good. Yeah, yeah we, we get to change it up. That helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, we get to play lots of different kinds of games. Uh, we play different things for pleasure than we play for work. That Definitely. helps. I, I I don't get to burn out too much. Guide stuff will get me sometimes. Yeah, it's more the sort of kid in a candy shop thing where after a certain point, you're like. It's not that I get sick of games. It's just that I have a high, higher tolerance for games that really hook me. Mm-hmm. I feel like, sure, like if you... Because if you played a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, like, this instance, uh, this weekend was really weird because I had Saturday. I didn't really have to do anything. Uh, and I'm, I've been traveling and working and doing weird stuff and just having various obligations. And I'm, like, to have a Saturday where I'm, like, I can sit on the couch and play video games. I was, like, all right. Uh, and I was, like, I can play Hyperlight Drifter. The game's really hard, though. Play The Witcher, you know, and you I also felt, played Until Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did do that. Um, that was later. But like, I it was it was really. Um, it, I had this weird kind of existential like panic where I simultaneously was like, there are fifteen different adult chores I should be doing. I should mm-hmm. mow my lawn. I should do my taxes. Should have done that a while ago. Uh, I should do. I don't know. Just I should. Yeah, I should you have absolutely done should have done your taxes. I got an a while extension. Ago. It's cool. I'll take care of it. Fine. Wait, you're going to yeah. yell at me for adult responsibilities? Okay, but taxes are one thing. Get, but your glasses, get are new glasses. Get but new glasses. You, you I love do your taxes. <laughs> get new glasses. I'll get them when you do your taxes. I'll take care of it. Which one of us is going to do it don't first? Don't worry about it. Is there going to be a bet? I don't know. I could take your glasses and you wouldn't be able to find a way to get new glasses. Well, I can call the cops on you and then they're going to... How are you going to How are you going to dial... Uh, but Siri. Siri, help! <laughs> you guys, speaking, anyway, speaking of glasses, being, though, this is such a good segue. Justin Russell asks, "What animal is coolest when you put glasses on him?" Owl. Oh, sunglasses. 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 Yeah, that's an entirely different question. Dog, uh, obviously. Dog I think it's a squaddle. It's not an animal. Squaddle squad. It's not a real animal. Dog, dog squirrel. What? She said squirtle. Squirtle. Oh, squirtle. Mm. I thought you said squirrel. Oh, squirtle. I was like a squirrel was pretty good. Uh, uh, dinosaur. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I like there was that dinosaur that was in there was like a skateboarding dinosaur in uh, uh, Super Time Force that had like sunglasses and yeah. like a neon tee. Yep, like that a was, uh, was a good one. What's his name? Cowabunga or so Cucamonga. Cucamonga. I think yeah. that just might have been the catchphrase. Yeah, it was his catchphrase. And it, it yeah. works with almost any dinosaur. You put like a triceratops in, di- in sunglasses, he looks different. Then you put like a, a raptor in sunglasses, and like he looks aerodactyl. different. Yeah, a little pterodactyl. They all look cool, but they look cool in different ways. You know who wore sunglasses <laughs> and wore dinosaurs? <laughs> were the dinosaurs for hire, I think. I forget if they wore sunglasses or not. What about the Cadillacs and dinosaurs? dinosaurs? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. If a Zubat wears sunglasses, can it see anything because it's always in dark places? I don't. I think we. I, I think you guys honestly took a really good hypothetical question and just completely wrecked it with. Uh, Should we have talked about monster ranchers? animals? Monsters? Well, what? Monster Rancher. No, was a, Pokemon the, and extinct animals are both things that have never been in the same place as physical sunglasses, whereas physical sunglasses are a thing you can put on I'm some damn animals. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, okay, follow-up question. Uh, what uh, food is funniest when you put sunglasses on it, huh? Spaghetti? I'm going to say pineapple. Spaghetti, Ooh. yeah, totally spaghetti. Pineapple could be good. Oh, pineapple A bunt cake. <sighs> That's a banana. Good. Sunglasses can't fit on a banana, dude. No, you just get really small sunglasses. That looks pretty funny. What did I put? Or like a really big bunch of bananas. Soup. Just falls right (laughs) in the (laughs) house. 
All right. Uh, I put a. I had a, a small bottle of hot sauce, and I put my sunglasses on it, so it looked like a like a possum's nose. And nice. Brian started crying, laughing at it because it was really weird. Uh, speaking of animals, Marty Sleva asked, and he doesn't remember asking this question. I don't think I ever asked this question. What's the deal with Marty and Andrew? They're best friends. Did that, I ask that? You yes, you actually commented this from your own account. Wait, Unless what? someone's yeah. done a great job of replicating you, you commented this on YouTube last okay. week. Okay, probably probably didn't. Yeah, I don't know what their deal is. Bobo asks, "What's the first game you rage quit?" Oh. I mean, I was probably too young to remember. I have a pretty good story about this. Uh, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time playing Mario Tennis on the 64 when I was quite young, and I was not very good at it. So it took me a really, really long time to get to the final match. And mm-hmm. I got to the final match, and I would fail, so I would just have to start over and over again. And uh, this kid, I think his name was Brandon, came to my house and deleted my save file. Ooh. It was an accident. It's Brandon's deal. Well, he's, a, he's, a, he's nothing more I than like a desiccated a mummy in the awful. Australian yeah. Outback at this point. Yeah. You found a way to bring mummies into it. I like mummies. I know you do. Best yeah. What's the deal with mummies? What, uh, I don't know if I've... I'm a very calm and patient gamer. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever... I think I am too. I Raiders? I agree a lot. Uh, I, I oh, the maddest, the maddest I've been at any game in the six years I've been doing this was when I was doing the guide for Final Fantasy thirteen two, and I was at the very last boss of the game, and I was playing on a... Uh, newer 360 that had the thing where you could just like like lightly graze it and the disc would come out. Um, yeah, it would turn off. And uh, I just finished the boss of the game and I went to hit the record button on the whatever archaic thing I was using and the disc ejected. And I'd been fighting this thing for like three days. Uh. I think that was the first time where I'm like, all right, Going to a bar. I'm done with this. Yeah, done. Yes. Any boss fight that is disproportionately hard compared to the rest of sure. the game usually annoys me a whole lot. Yeah. The first one I remember was was playing Raiders of the Lost Ark on the 2600 as a kid. And after you went through this ridiculous arcane series of Zelda kind of puzzles, you had this final moment where you had to leap off a cliff and parachute into this little hole in the wall. And there was a branch that stuck out. And if you caught your a pixel of your parachute on that branch, the parachute would break. You would fall and that was that. And you'd have to start the whole game over. Yeah. The whole oh, game. Uh, yeah, I, I think you had a second chance. I can't remember. I don't know how many lives you had. But it was bad. You, you, you only got one or maybe two shots, depending on how you play. I think there's a, there's a funny Ooh. thing that happens where, like, old games used to be a lot harder, mm-hmm. a lot worse. And I think people also just didn't take them maybe quite as seriously. So the whole, like, the kind of, I feel like the modernized, like, the controller throwing Dark Souls mentality is, like, I mean, the term rage quit. Is like it's a fairly recent term, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that recent, but yeah. like, I mean, I remember honestly as a kid, like, it wasn't that I would I would get mad and I'd get frustrated with stuff, but I wouldn't like, I would like be like, all right, screw this, and I'd go do something else. But more likely, if I, I would just keep playing it, because uh, I just didn't really have anything else to when do. When I was a kid, for sure. Now I don't. Um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. There's this part where you're on Crete and you go in this labyrinth and you basically can't backtrack. You're just walking around this labyrinth and I think I honestly had a broken copy of the game or else this is one of the worst puzzles I've ever played. You get <laughs> these three stones and you have to put them on this stupid spindle thing and I had the strategy guide and it tells you the exact combination of things you have to put in there and it just doesn't work. And I honestly don't know if I've ever gotten past that point. Mm. Uh, I, I I might have been like a later play of playthrough play of the game, but I remember playing that as a kid and just being like, I'm stuck in this underground cavern, and it just there's nothing else to do. And yeah. I could have started a new game. Uh, I bought that on Steam a few years back, and I was like, I'm gonna play this. I'm like an adult now. I'm good at games. And I got to that exact same point, <laughs> and it was it was at E3 a few years back, and I'm sitting there with Anthony Carboni. We're doing Rev3 game stuff, and we're like, we're trying to play this stupid part. 
and I'm like grinding against it. I'm like, well, I got the internet now, and I'm like, what's the what's the solution? It tells me the exact solution. I put it in, and it just you just click down on the stupid spindle, and it doesn't work. And we're both sitting there like, what what is this? What is this? Ironically, uh, I had an issue with the game Rage, where I had to stop playing because of a bug, so I quit. Ouch. Yep. Uh, I think my favorite one though is um, I was playing uh, Fallout New Vegas, and they got those. Nasty bees, the Cazadors. Oh, they suck. Uh, they're so awful because they'll just rapidly poison you, and then you just. Uh, I was like, I need to fight these, fight these nasty bees, and uh, I was fighting them, and I was getting poisoned real bad, and I ran into this cabin, and it auto saved right as I walked in the door, and I reloaded my last save, and you have really. It's just me walking into this door and dying oh. in two seconds repeatedly. That sucks. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, and then I, I loaded my save previous to that, and it was like five hours earlier in my gameplay. So I was like, okay. I took the game out. I put it in the case. And I put the case under the sink. And when I moved house, I brought it to GameStop. <laughs> I, left it, I left it under my sink. Uh, on that note, we are wrapping, wrapping things up, wrapping things up as we hey. do here. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, yeah thank you for having me. You're, you're actually obligated to. It would be really an awful show if it was just me alone here. Uh, Jared, you have something special you've been working yeah. on that I want you to tell everyone about. Oh, um, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, a little side project thing. It's called Pockets Full of Soup. It's a storytelling show, and uh, some of the people sitting around this table will soon be on it. Uh, as a matter of fact, all of the people sitting around this table will soon Get be us. on it. But it's, uh, it's stories that has nothing to do with entertainment. It's uh, it's not it's, entertaining at all. Oh, it's <laughs> no, terrifically boring. Yeah. Heartbreaking about entertaining. Yeah. But, uh, it, you had some young man named Gregory 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 Milford, uh, I think. A, a young young Greg Miller. Yeah, he was uh, he Game was our, on our first guest. or something. But yeah, you can go to pocketsfullofsoup.com and see that. Yeah, and, or uh, patreon.com slash Jared Petty. Kick Jared a couple bucks. He does that. He's all bashful. He's now. Jared's very, very bashful, but we can uh, say it. Uh, bashful. Uh, and of course you can always find Jared on Twitter, your petty comma Jared yep. on there. Uh, I'm Max Scoville. Alana is Charlanazard, named after the popular PlayStation character. Charles Zard uh, and uh, Marty is McBiggity with two G's and two T's yeah and I was on uh, PS I Love You with Greg uh, which oh, yeah. is uh, today I, that was episode 44 45 46 cool. something but, mm-hmm. yeah. I need to go that, that Greg's a nice men. young man yeah, he was good. I think, I think for, he's going to go places. Yeah, I think things are going to happen. <laughs> we said we got. Well, man, that episode got real weird. We started. It got very sexual halfway through. Good. Yeah, go check that out. You guys out. do a cool porn. We did a very cool porn. Congrats. Yeah, one of the coolest porns. Huh. Cool. All right. Great. Great. <laughs> all right. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably. I guess. Well, I don't two know. episodes next week. Yes. One we will be a, a serious one with a special guest, and another one will just be you guys being silly. Yeah, and we'll have a loud, all right, a live stream from Telltale going up in pots, and uh, hopefully, let's play something else. Next cool. Too, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, as always, you can email us. It's uh, beyond that IGN.com. Uh, and then the Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Yes. So beyond. Yep. beyond. Beyond. It's over. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.